Namaste. Welcome to Call and Response Podcasts with Krishnadas, where he shares meaningful stories of his life on the path of his Guru Maharaji and integrating spiritual practice into our everyday lives. Call and Response Podcast is an offering of the Kirtanwala Foundation. The foundation is dedicated to spreading the teachings of Neem Karoli Baba, a great spiritual teacher of India. If you are interested in supporting this podcast and the work of the foundation, please visit kirtanwalafoundation.org, K-I-R-T-A-N-W-A-L-L-A-H foundation.org. So practice, you got to do practice, I'm sorry, you just have to. With our eyes open and our hearts open. But through a practice, you're, you're, you get used to coming back from being gone. It's more like an ability to let go. Thank you so much. This is just a question about lingu- uh, linguistics. Um, did he speak English? Like when you no. have all these conversations, he could say things how did like, this actually happen? Quick march. From the English time, quick march, sit down. That's it. That's about all I heard him ever say in English. When you speak of all these communications you had, that was all through There were always Indian people around who spoke, you know, perfect English. Not always, but most of the time. And when he had, sometimes he just would make you understand what he wanted without a word at all. One time I was walking towards the front of the temple and all of a sudden I was running towards the front of the temple. And I came through the door to the front of the temple, and he was right at his window. Come here! I went there. Okay, and I ran off to do something, and I was halfway gone. Went, Wait a minute. How did I know what he said? It's like that, you know. He didn't need anything. I mean, he didn't need to be told anything. He knew everything all the time. It was... Um, It was just extraordinary to be in the presence of somebody like that. May I ask one more question? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, I'm just interested. I I believe it, and I kind of get how it worked, but... Hold on, make a little louder, Kev. You often speak of the abuse and anger. Yeah, gali. They call it in Hindi, gali. (laughs) And even even language, like colorful language. Oh, yeah. he cursed could, like a, could you, <laughs> you can't believe the, the things he said to people. Can you expound on this? Like, you know, like in, in Christian background, we, we, it's, it's forbidden. You don't speak that way. You're always kind, good. But oh, really? Maharaji, <laughs> supposedly. You'd have a tough time proving that in court. <laughs> always kind and good, uh-huh. Yeah, well, that's what, yeah. Um, it was a way of, of, uh, changing the atmosphere of, of, and it was only the close people who were really abused, you know, because they could take it. They loved it. It was just, you know, they would look. And we'd be sitting there. We didn't know Hindi at the time. What is he saying? (laughs) Sister fucker, you know, things like that. I mean, the worst shit you you can't imagine. But these these are village people. This is how they talk. That's what they do. You know, I, I was recently with a, uh, a young Baba in India, and 
I had met him once or twice before, and he's very wild and very loving, sweet, but he likes the uh, he likes the abuses. So I came there from Delhi and I spent the day. And then in the evening, I was going going back to Delhi. I said, "Baba, I'm going back to Delhi now. Why?" I said, "You know, I'm old now. I like my comfort. I want to. I got my hotel room and everything." Nay, that's not why. You're afraid to shit in the latrine. That's why. See this guy? He's afraid to shit in the latrine. You see this guy over here? He gets. He doesn't want to shit in the. He just was like abusing me in front of all these Indians. They were laughing. They were laughing. So I had to stay. <sighs> but that's that's love. That's that's the way, you know. They're not afraid. They don't throw people out of their hearts. We're all scared shitless that if somebody looks at us crooked, they hate us. And that's why we're. That's why everything's so screwed up here. They're not afraid of that. They, it's all loose and open and wild. They, they can. They're free with that. I mean, they know when to do it and when not to do it and who to do it with. And people like. People expect that from babas too. They, they especially these kind of babas who lived in the jungle their whole lives, who you know aren't. They're not. They don't want anything. They don't need devotees. They come and go. They don't care. They understand. It's, it's a sign of, of affection and and closeness actually to some degree. They're not afraid. You know, even Mr. Tuari, he used to piss me off. My dearest most beloved friend and teacher. He was like my Indian father. But he would really, he would do things that would just piss me off, you know. And then he'd go, you will fire upon me now? He wanted to fight. He wanted to argue. He wanted to, you know. I just wasn't, it took me a long time to get with the program because, you know, we're not, you know, don't look, don't, look, don't talk to me like that. Don't raise your voice to me. And that's how I grew up. But be careful. Mm-mm. Say, you know, it took me a while to get used to that. Hey, it's all cool. You can just like be anything. This is really a very different feeling. Functional families, you know, something we don't have in America for the most part. Functional families. Not all of them, but many of them are. They don't, yeah, they don't. Um, there's nobody afraid they're going to th- be thrown out of their heart. They can just be themselves. And they are. At 100 miles an hour. Some of the weirdest stuff you'll ever see. Hi. Hi. Thanks for what you do. Why is chanting transformative? Why is the chanting of names transformative? Does it require an understanding of what those names, the stories behind those names? in order for the chanting of those names to be transformative. If it did require that, you know, I'd be in shit, hot water. (laughs) I don't know any of that stuff. I mean, I've absorbed a little bit of it from being in India almost my life, but I don't know all those stories and everything. I got a little basic idea of it. No, these names are mantras. These are sounds that come from a deeper place inside of us. And they were brought into this world so you and I could hear them, by saints, by yogis who have recognized the truth, have experienced reality through these names. And, and, and they, they experience the reality of these names, what they are. And so, yes, Rama is also, Ramchandra was a king, 
and he was supposed to be an incarnation of God. But Rama is not necessarily referred to that guy. Rama is another name of the indwelling consciousness within. So every repetition of that name moves you towards that place inside of you. Same thing with Krishna, same thing with... All these names are the names of that place inside of us. Yes, they do have a storyline in India. They all have stories about them, you know, what this one did, what that one did. But I don't know them. But, But I do believe, because Maharaji said it over and over, that chanting of the names is a very, very, very powerful practice and is a very transformative practice. What do you feel when you're chanting? I don't know, because that's not the point of the chanting. The chanting is to chant. You, what do you feel? I I don't know, because I'm not paying attention to what I feel. I'm singing. And any thought about what I'm feeling is something to let go of. As long as you can let go, as long as you can let go, you let go. And if you're thinking about it, you're not doing it. So what's the difference, and I'm not challenging, I'm asking. No, no, it's um, good. Yeah, um, between, so I meditate, I focus on my breath. Is there a difference in chanting meditation or meditation focused on the breath? Technically, probably not. But they do say that these names have, are like seeds. And like a seed has a whole tree in it. The repetition of the name is like planting those seeds in your life stream, in your... And so it's slightly different than just watching the breath, which is a simple concentration technique. Basic, it's called shamatha. It's a, it's a concentration technique. Mantra practice is not only a concentration technique, but it's an invocation technique as well. Because the universe... When you call a name, you call somebody, they come. Or at least they might hear and start to come. So that's kind of the idea. When we chant these names, we're calling inward to that presence within us, which is alive and well, but mostly undiscovered by us. Yeah, I'm, exp- I'm trying to figure out what, you know, by chanting the name of the Lord, you'll be free. Yeah, he said as he was snorting coke. Bunch of bullshit. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. By chanting sooner or later, maybe. Yeah, it's the idea. Of course, you will be free. But it depends on how you do it and why you do it and the way, you know, what your intention is and, and, and how you approach the practice. So. Uh, I just substitute the chanting for my focus on my breath. You can if you like, or not. It doesn't matter. You should do what feels good to you. I know you're just trying to understand it. Um, sometimes I watch my breath. Sometimes I, I do the, the mantras with the breath. I, I find that helps me pay some attention to. I've done a lot of breath, plain, you know, normal, regular breath concentration work in early, you know, beginning Buddhist practice, uh, samatha before vipassana. But I tend to do more mantra. Uh, I do a lot of things, you know, 19 minutes a day. (laughs) 
just enough not to get into the retreats. I don't want to do anything that would really be good for me. Thanks. Um, so yeah, just why don't you just play around with it and see how it goes. But you should listen to your heart. You should see what you feel that you like and try it. It doesn't, nothing, you're not going to wait. It's not a waste of time to explore and find out what things are, how they work for you. But don't expect something to happen. You know, that's not the best motive for starting on this path. We're on this path to, to find a way to live in a good way in this world and to limit the amount of suffering we go through and limit the amount of suffering the people that we are connected to go through. That's the best motive for working on ourselves, is that we can also be working with, on others and with others. But if we're doing to try to have experiences, all that does is you get a bigger ego, really. And, and, and then you start feeling very important, and you think you've made a lot of progress on the path, but you haven't. So it's not about what you feel. It's about your intention for the practice, why you're doing it. It's about trying to lower the, the barricades around the heart, you know, soften the heart, untie some of the knots that we've tied inside of our hearts. Yeah, I'm, I've been meditating for a long time. But I'm new to chanting, and frankly, I only chant with your music because good. I, I, I love the way I love the way you chant. Me um, too. I'm, I'm, my, my wife, she chants. She's a city yoga practitioner. She Get chants. Rid of her. And, yeah. You know, um, so I'm trying to make sure she has her own room for that. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just trying to see how I can shift the the process of chanting to the kind of wonderful experience I have when I meditate. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we, we haven't been really taught and trained to how to be good to ourselves. You know, uh, nobody, when I was growing up, nobody told me to trust myself. You do it my way, right? That's what I, everybody told me, all my teachers, my coaches, my parents. Really, they weren't about helping me empower myself and trust myself and be good to myself. So now we're, we're starting out on this path or we're trying to do this, these practices. It's hard to let ourselves feel good. It's not so easy. It's easier in a group sometimes. But when you're sitting at home and trying to get your 19 minutes in, it's like really hard, you know? It doesn't, you don't, we don't know how to let it happen. We, we, you know, it's, it's not easy. So, um, for instance, when I sing by myself at home, sometimes it's really juicy. Most of the time it's not. When I sing with people, it's always juicy. Or it's always intense. But when I'm home alone, I don't know how to do it for myself. So, like... And it's interesting. So this is the way Maharaji's suckered me in to doing something that's good for me and good for others. Like, I knew I had to sing with people in order to uh, clean out the dark corners of my own heart. 
it was it was an epiphany I had, and it was very clear. It was about singing with people, not alone in my room, which I would have never done. <laughs> but give me a group of people, and hey, you know the the Hindu Frank Sinatra comes right out. <laughs> you know, you push a button. <laughs> but. What's the motive? The motive is, is to, to open my heart and to clean the shadows out of my darkness, out of my own life. And um, so that's the way it works for me. And I knew Muktananda very, pretty well. I traveled around with him, me and Ram Dass and uh, Others, we traveled around with him. We had a lot of fun with him because he wasn't our guru. His devotees were scared shitless of him, but we didn't care because <laughs> he wasn't our guru. We had a great time with him. He was very fun, a lot of fun for us. In Thank a you. New Year's message this year, Surya Lama Das, or Lama Surya Das, suggested five times a day, five seconds. He said, <laughs> who can't do that? Me. <laughs> That's it. I just five wanted seconds, to throw five that times in. A day, five seconds, yeah. That's the reality. We are so out of it. It's ridiculous. And we're thinking we're so evolved. I'm so high. I've been doing this for 14 seconds. And we really can't do anything. But the chanting is nice because we like that, you know? That's how, it's just that simple. We like it. We like what it, how it makes us feel. And that's because he's transmitting. That's him. That feeling is him. That's the way I look at it. You don't have to look at it that way. But that's how I look at it. Because that's my reality. That's the way I see it. Um, yeah. So I wanted to, to do some of that. Um, can you give me that? Who has a paper? Oh, over there. She'll get it. You know, I'm a, I, I'm, I, have, I have difficulty feeling good. I, I, it's not easy for me to, um, when I'm home alone, I mope. I've been in my whole life, it's just who I am. I have to accept it, there's no getting around it. And one of the things about moping is that it's hard to, hard to tell yourself nice stories about things if you're depressed. You just, nice stories, happy stories make you sick if you're depressed. And I'm depressed most of the time. However, one of the practices in bhakti yoga, devotional yoga, is um, prayer, praying and singing songs of praise, which is a little bit different than mantra, which is the invocation of the actual names of God. These other kinds of songs are descriptive of the qualities of love and divine love and Real love. So this, uh, this prayer called Jaya Jagadisha Hare, which means hail to the Lord of the universe. Jag is actually world, I think. And, and uh, Isha means Lord. So the Lord of the world, the Lord. Of, and um, this is a... We, we heard this somewhere. I don't remember where we heard it. Um, 
back in India in the old days, and we decided, the Westerners, we decided to learn it and then seek and plan a surprise uh, ceremony for Maharaji. We were going to bring all the special plates and the RT lights and all the fruits and, veg and, and sweets and everything. And we were going to do the first worship of Maharaji by the Westerners. So our friend KK used to taught us this song every day. We'd come back, he'd come over to the hotel and we'd get in this room together and we'd practice singing it and learning it. And um, so we were going to do, uh, we had everything arranged for this one Tuesday, which is Hanuman's day. We were going to do this big surprise. Maharaji, and do this prayer, sing this prayer to him, and do this puja, this worship. And uh, it was for this Tuesday. So on Monday, we were at the temple as usual, and he comes out of his room, and he sits down, and he says, do the arti now! And we, you know, we, we didn't have it memorized. We were going to have to read our books. You know, everybody had written it out. So we went running to get our books, and then we just stood in front of them, and we sang the arti. With, we didn't have the lights and all the fancy stuff. We just had like, you know. It was so powerful. This is, you got to understand, Maharaji didn't sit still for a second. He was throwing fruit to people, talking to this one, talking to that one, this one, this one, throwing things all around, yelling at this one, yelling at that one, all. Never. As soon as we started singing, he just went, like that. And um, he sat there the whole time, unmoving. It was really intense. Now, from the moment I met Ramdas, I felt Maharaji. And at that very first meeting with Ramdas, all of a sudden I knew without a word being spoken, I knew that whatever it was I was looking for was real. It existed, it was in the world, it could be found. I didn't know what it was, but that was the thing that happened to me at that moment when I met Ramdas. And as I got to know Ramdas and spend more time with him, I realized that what I had felt was Maharaji. And so I knew he was my guru. I just, I just knew that. And I, at that time, we didn't know where he was and if I could ever see him, but the point was I knew that he was my guru. And um, so there we were now in India. It's like three years after I first met Ramdas. There's maybe eight or ten or twelve Westerners. Tiny little, not this one of these huge scenes with tens of thousands of people. He kept the lid on it. He really did. And um, so we sing this prayer to him, and then afterwards, he just sat there. And it was like being suspended in space. It was, you couldn't even breathe. It was so intense. And at that, in those moments after we finished singing with us all just standing there in silence, the thought went through my head, 
holy shit. I never thought I would know that I was seeing my guru with these eyes. It was another level of a deeper understanding and a deeper awareness of the connection. Uh, it was really amazing. So when you read this, hail to the Lord of the universe, who in an instant removes the troubles of devotees and humble people, people who are devoted. Meditating on you brings these fruits. The sorrows of the heart are destroyed. Happiness and wealth come to the home, and physical sickness is removed. You know, I had a huge attitude at the time when I read this line. I don't care about money. I don't want anything. I don't care about like those things. Of course not. I didn't have anything. I didn't have a life. I didn't have anybody dependent on me. I didn't have a kid. I didn't have a house. I didn't have a mortgage. You know, so I thought, what do I need that stuff for? He said. Later on, I understood. This is, so this, this is actually written by another saint named Swami Shivananda from Rishikesh, who wrote this actual prayer. So meditating on you, and whoever that you is for you, that's okay. It brings these fruits. Sorrows of the heart are destroyed. Now wouldn't that be nice? So meditating on him, on that, on her, on that divine, that love. Sorrows of the heart are destroyed. Happiness and wealth come to the home. We all need, we need to eat, we need to pay our rent. And physical sickness is removed. You are my mother and my father. From whom else can I seek refuge? Who else will give me shelter? Without you, there's no one. I have no other hope. You are the complete supreme self dwelling within. Beyond Brahma, you are the supreme Lord, the master of all. You're an ocean of compassion, the nurturer of all. I am the servant. You are the master. Shower your grace on me. You are the unseen one, the Lord of all life. O oh, merciful one, how can I ever find you with a mind so defiled? Brother of the helpless, reliever of sorrows, you are my protector. Raise your hand in blessing. I'm lying at your door. O oh Lord, remove the impurities, my impurities, and take away my sins. Increase my faith and devotion so I can serve the saints. Now, sins, in Hindi, the word is pap, P-A-P, which means burn, to burning. So it's not a question of original sin, like in the Christian fantasy. It's about our own actions that have caused us to burn and suffer, not some original thing that we did wrong. You know, one time, these Christian missionaries came to visit the Dalai Lama, and they were talking about stuff. And at one point, one of the 
missionary said, Your Holiness, what's your idea of sin? So he went, It's kind of a Christian thing, isn't it? <laughs> they don't have that. There's no original sin in uh, the Eastern religions. Hmm? No, but they have original worry. <laughs> which is just as bad. So anyway, that's this prayer. We'll sing it maybe tomorrow, because it's late now. But these kind of prayers are a way of, of entering into that river of love that's always flowing. Born in the West, the West, we don't have the wiring for love that isn't emotional or physical. We don't have the wiring for unconditional love. We have to, we have to open up those channels. And like when I, when I first read the Ramayana, the Ramcharitmanas, that was incredible. I had no idea there was that kind of love in the universe. And it showed me a whole new way. It opened up a whole new way of feeling things that I didn't get on Long Island. So that's one of the things that these practices do. They open up new pathways for these things to flow through us. And these, it, unconditional love is new for us. We, we're not, we all know what it is because we're all looking for it, but we don't have a lot of experience with it. So have your unconditional dinner, and we'll have unconditional kirtan later. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by the Kirtan Mala Foundation. Krishnadas is renowned for leading Kirtan, the spiritual practice of chanting, and workshops around the world. For more information about him, including upcoming events, please visit krishnadas.com. K-R-I-S-H-N-A-D-A-S.com. We also invite you to visit kirtanwalafoundation.org. K-I-R-T-A-N-W-A-L-L-A-H foundation.org Here you will find more offerings dedicated to spreading the teachings of Neem Karoli Baba. Love everyone, serve everyone. Remember God. Ram Ram.